And we're back. Uh, hello and welcome to Hello Government of the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and my guest today, my guest today is the wonderful, talented, and all-around amazing uh, Ryan Colt Levy. Oh doing, my Ryan? gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm great after that intro. I'm 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 all buttered up. My gosh, <laughs> oh, yeah, how are got, you? No, I I I'm excited, man, because um, you're one of. God, because does it does it feel weird saying like breakout stars? Because no, that's incredibly cool. I mean, that's I I. It's funny. I often say that I feel kind of like the um the cat, like the street cat that found his way into like an open window because he smelled some pie or something on the windowsill. Like I really feel like I just kind of snuck into this career, and people have been like, "Yeah, let the weird kids stay." I mean, you uh, you probably were just like the guy who showed up at the party, and they're like, "Yeah, this guy's fun. We don't want to tell him to. <laughs> we don't want to tell him to leave." <laughs> <laughs> we're like, I don't know who brought him, but he seems okay. <laughs> so, uh, first question is the obvious one, but uh, how did you get started? Oh man, um, it's kind of a wild, weird, windy story, but we've got some time, so. Um... I honestly have been a lover of film and storytelling and and animation and and all forms of this since I was an infant. I actually I have a tattoo of Charlie Chaplin on my left bicep because Chaplin movies were like some of the first things I ever experienced as a kid. My dad, my both my parents were big film buffs and um they just showed me the classics like right away. And the first movie I actually saw in theaters uh, was All Dogs Go to Heaven, which if you haven't seen is an extraordinary animated film. Um, so I was like deep in just, it was like in my veins before I even knew how to speak really. And by the time I was like, you know, five, six, seven years old, I had my, my parents had a like video camcorder. So I was like, I'd take my action figures and I'd make home movies and I would go outside and I'd use the sand and water and make all kinds of crazy, like, you know, be like, now it's, you know, in the desert or we're in, you know, some dinosaur, whatever, you know, the Cretaceous period. And I would constantly be dressing up as characters and like going to school, like in character as like Alan Grant or something like just like crazy stuff and just loving it. And, um, and I wanted to pursue acting as a kid but I actually was kind of like uh, growing up in New York, I kind of didn't know where to start. And my family wasn't in the entertainment industry at all. And we didn't know anybody. So it was very like, they supported me being creative and they loved me being creative, but they didn't know what to do with it. Like they didn't know where to take me or like, you know, what to do with that energy. So they just let me, you know, explore it. And by the time I hit 12, I remember seeing a music video for uh do you know the band green day oh <laughs> green day <laughs> yeah so this was you know this was the 90s so i saw a music video for a song called basket case and it was just this like moment i remember i was like literally watching like animaniacs in a at a friend's house in his basement and we were flipping through the channels and this green day music video came on and it was just like it was like a punch to the face it was so wild and i just remember just like suddenly seeing this guitar and being like whoa you can do that like for some reason that made sense to me as a job whereas all of the voices in cartoons and all this stuff like I almost couldn't put together that that was just actors getting to do it 
Whereas music, this music video just made it very clear that like, oh, I could pick up a guitar and I could like probably figure out how to write a song and, you know, maybe convince my friends to play other instruments. So I like basically forced my buddies to learn bass and guitar and we started a band and from like 14 to almost I would say 32 years old I I was in touring bands and making records and doing all kinds of crazy stuff on all different scenes indie rock and hardcore scenes and um basically cut to me being in my 30s I basically avoided pursuing a career as an actor while maintaining a love for film this whole time um studying like like I was the weird guy in the band who even though I was the singer guitar player I knew more about movies than I knew about music and I was always talking about cinematographers or reading books on on filmmaking and I was just obsessed all the time and um when we moved basically we hit a point in 2015 where as a band we were like New York is feeling kind of stagnant. A lot of the cool venues are closing down. Um, it's just so expensive to live here and it's not an artist-friendly city anymore. And we all just kind of felt like the calling to go to LA. And initially it was just to go there as a band. So we we moved there together. We drove our van with all of our stuff together for five days. We just marathoned it to, new, uh, to uh, Los Angeles from New York. And we got here and we got a place and we just kind of started, we immediately found like a rehearsal space and started rehearsing and getting our, trying to get ourselves out here in the scene. But I was also like, huh, I've missed acting. And this is the city where all of that opportunity is here. So I literally, one day I was sitting in my, in my apartment, in my room and um, jumped on my laptop and was just like, I'm going to go on there. There are basically in Los Angeles and in certain hub cities, there are these websites that you can kind of just create a profile and submit yourself to like generic rosters for, for like student films or like low budget commercials or extra work. There's all these kinds of avenues to just like get some, you know, piecemeal work, get yourself on a set, get to learn some things, get some cool little jobs and, and, you know, hopefully learn the craft as you go. And um, so I started submitting myself to these websites thinking like, oh, you know what, it's a long shot, but I'm curious and I miss it. And um, I, I started thinking about taking acting classes and stuff again. And I basically hit a point where I was just, I was working a ton. The band was taking up so much time that I kind of was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to this, but this is something I'm hungry for. And I would randomly book like extra work or like things in like background in commercials or weird little things where I was getting on camera and getting to work on sets and do all these things and, and, you know, getting paid pretty well for the day where I'm like, well, this is paying me better than my two day jobs. Like, and the band is kind of not making the money that we'd like to. And this crazy, and I apologize for rambling this crazy, um, circumstance just happened where a couple of years into being here as a group um we we just hit this point where we were like it's just financially hurting us so much and we are all like we we basically decided we had to break up the band to save the family because we loved each other like brothers but we were like driving each other insane because we just 
couldn't find a common ground with what the with the music we were working on at the time and it just everything felt really frustrating creatively and we all individually kept kind of feeling like there were these avenues pulling us in our own directions for for opportunity and um so we had this this lunch and uh we were like yeah it's time to break up the band and it was the first time since i was 14 that i didn't have that as my like career path and at the exact same week i had been working this full-time job um where they on a friday right before lunch just laid off our entire department so i was out of a job out of a band in this new city completely like with a very limited budget looking at like what i had to live on for the next few months and i was like oh i'm just supposed to be acting and my bandmates were like, well, yeah, obviously, but what are you going to do for money? Like, even they knew it was a no brainer. They're like, you're supposed to be at you. You were supposed to be acting this whole time, you dummy. But what are you going to do to make money? And I just something in my body was like, I don't I don't know, but I'm never going to work another normal job again. And I just I had a little bit of savings. I had some unemployment money that was very measly coming in for a limited amount of time. And I basically just invested it in myself in acting. I invested it into weekly acting classes that were like scene study and improv classes. I I got headshots made. I got multiple headshots made because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, I, I really kind of like just started from the very bottom and just got really hungry. And, um, fell in love with the craft again, just fell in love with acting. And I had this incredible class where one day, one of my, um, my peers and fellow students in the class reached out to me and was like, Hey, I'm, I'm shooting this short film that I'm going to be in and, and would love you to co-star with me. And I was like, well, that's an incredible honor. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to do this thing. And it was, you know, a little, a little uh, very small indie budget kind of thing that we were basically going to rehearse and shoot over just a couple of weekends. And it was going to be this crash course thing. So I was like, absolutely. I'm in, this sounds like an adventure. And the person who directed it, and this was an on-camera thing. And uh, uh, the, the person who directed it was, who's someone who's become like family to me since is uh, another amazing, amazing actor named David Sobolov, who I'm sure you're familiar with his, his extensive body of work. He is a phenom. And um, we we just kind of we had never met before. I I knew his work, but we had never uh, like he we didn't know each other personally. And the role was a very personal and dark and kind of deep thing that we had to go to. We had to go to this place together that was very like okay, like we're just meeting, but we're gonna we're gonna trust each other and really like be vulnerable. And it just it made us all so close. And when we were done shooting. David was like, do you do voiceover? Because you're really good at this. And I had been wanting to make a reel and basically told him like, hey, I've done little bits and things, but I, I don't have a reel yet that I really, you know, I want to I want to prepare myself to put my best foot forward before I just throw myself into the ring. And he was like, well, I happen to produce demo reels and would love to to help you. So we then jumped into that and uh I, I feel like it was like maybe a month or two later i recorded a, a demo reel with him and a, uh, an amazing friend and engineer named tim friedlander who's also an amazing uh, actor in his own right and i had this reel 
I had some measly credits and I, I lived in a part of Los Angeles where I was like, I know that there's all these recording studios like near my apartment. I wonder if I could reach out and find like, there must be proper emails or certain kinds of pipelines that like, that are the respectful and like appropriate way to reach these people and go like, Hey, I exist just so you know, I'm, I'm a new guy in the city. Like I would love to, you know, if you have any openings or are considering, like I would love to be considered for your roster for future auditions or whatever that may be. And I kind of sent along these, these individual emails to different studios and that had my, my reel and all this stuff. And I remember I, I sent off like quite a few emails off in like one afternoon and was basically like, well, I'm either never going to hear from any of these people. Um, I may have made a colossal error and they're all just going to blacklist me or we'll just see what happens. And, you know, I, I obviously worded the emails as respectfully as I could and really tried to be conscious of like where I was directing everything. And crazily enough, like first thing that happened was like a week later, one of the places called me, and this is actually really funny. Uh, it was a, it was a live action dubbing studio that they did predominantly live action work. And, uh, the casting director at the time, she called me and she's also since become a very close friend. Um, her name's Fanny, uh, Fanny Brett Ripple, and she's amazing. And she, um, she called me because my, my reel was, you know, an animation reel. So she basically was like, hey, just letting you know, like, we don't really do animation stuff here and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry that I... I sent that to you I should have I should have realized that like you guys don't work on anything like that and like and halfway through talking she goes I really like your talking voice what why don't you come in for an audition <laughs> and so I went in and and um I read for her and, and it was the first time I worked off of like dubbing the picture in this giant theater room and just walked in and it was for this Netflix series and I'd never done anything like this yet and um she basically previewed the scene for me and was like okay so this is your character here's a little breakdown like and this is how we're doing the audition so give it a whirl and we'll see what happens and um I went for it and she was like cool uh and I think she gave me like a slight redirect and I think I did it one more time and then she's like okay well we'll we'll let you know and then like a week later I booked it and it was a lead on a Netflix show and that was like the very beginning and then at that same time I got emails back from multiple other of the places that I had sent to. And some just were like, Hey, you know, we'll totally have you on our roster and started sending me auditions. Um, one place just immediately wrote back and were like, Hey, would you uh, be cool with signing this Taft Hartley? And, and uh, would you, you know, want to be a part of this, this project? And I was like, uh, uh, what? Like just a direct offer, which I didn't know at the time until I walked into the studio a few months uh, or a few weeks later was actually final fantasy seven remake. So that was one of my first experiences ever in a booth for a game. Like it was, it was wild. It kind of just happened all at once and literally hasn't stopped since it's, it's kind of extraordinary. Like the generosity and uh, willingness of total strangers to just kind of let me in and trust that I, that I wasn't completely insane and could offer something. It's, it's extraordinary. I'm so grateful every day. That, that was a pretty long origin story. Isn't that wild? I told you the whole thing. Usually I abridge it. I'm like, I'm going to give you the whole thing. 
No, but that's insane to me because it's like, you know, because every time I talk to someone, they're like, yeah, you know, you usually want to play it safe, but you're like, no, I'm going to cold email everybody. I'm going to throw everything well, at the wall. And- you know, it, it was, I think it was that thing of like, I, I knew that I that like I wasn't writing like you know like it wasn't like I was writing like super hacked up emails that you know I I trusted that if people were to read the email they'd be like oh well this is an adult like this is a person who is like understanding of you know what we're doing and is respectful of our time and space and I was just hopeful that like y- y- like it felt like a it felt like a risk that needed to be taken because I think I had played it safe in so many other parts of my life for so long and I think I just hit this point where I was like, well, I know my intentions are pure and I know I have, I feel I have something to offer and the rest is up to anybody else to just, you know, give you the chance. So it, it was, it was, yeah, it was a lot of luck. But I also like the fact that, and this goes back to another episode, you know, the, another thing I said in a previous episode where, you know, impressing someone in this business goes a long way because they're going to be like, oh, I remember this person. They're fun to work with and they're very professional. Let me recommend them. Very much. Yeah. I mean, that that more than anything, I think, is really, you know, once you are lucky enough to get to work, you know, if if you have a good work ethic and you end up having a good rapport with these people that you're working with, whoever they may be, like directors and engineers and producers and casting directors, like a lot of these people, you know, are as freelance as actors. And, you know, I've been, I know for me personally, and many other people uh, in the same right, like, I'll get brought in on a project where I'm like, I don't even think I read for this thing. And it's like, it may not be a substantial role, but like, I'll get brought in for some little thing for a game or this or that or whatever. And I'm like, how did I book this? And then I'll get into the session and the director will jump on. Then I'll be like, oh, and they're like, yeah, you know, you were so great and blah, blah, blah. And like, we, you know, wanted to bring you on or we missed you. Or so-and-so told me that blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it definitely happens Um, because people want to work with people they like and they want it to be easy and fun. And, you know, it's, it's a job that can be really demanding as far as like the schedules are tight. The turnarounds can be really tight the there can be a lot of pressure as far as like needing to get certain things done just with with deadlines and stuff so there's when you know you can rely on people to get the thing done you can also have a laugh while doing it like that makes it the best job in the world and you're like yeah I want to keep those people around I think about it that way with directors like when I finish a session if I have a really particularly great director like I think about them often and I will talk to if I'm, you know, working with another studio and I'm talking to the production and I'll be like, have you worked with this director or so-and-so? Cause it's, I, I believe in sharing the wealth all around. And I think that like that good energy just keeps bringing good energy around. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you because um, the business is constantly changing and, you know, people come and go, but you know, if, if you make your mark, you know, if, if you just impress like you just one person, you know, it's just gonna, you know, it's, it's gonna snowball, you know, the, the, the domino effect is gonna, you know, happen. <laughs> it totally can. It totally can. And, you know, and then the rest is, is really continuing to care and keeping up the work ethic. You know, I'm, I'm personally one of those people that like, I never 
like wake up and I'm like, I don't need to work any harder. Like I'm done. Or like, I've done all the like stuff. So like I'm set in my way. Like I'm always basically like, how do I do this line better? How do I connect more to these characters when I'm just meeting them in an instant? How do I make this thing feel more believable and real? How do I, you know, how do I know that when I'm done with this thing, someone else is going to experience this and really be affected by it versus like thinking, oh yeah, like someone else also could have done that. You know, I want to, I want to go into a thing and leave a mark on it where I really feel like I've got to chew on the thing, you know, like I, I just, I love this craft so much that to me, it's like, it doesn't even matter necessarily. There's so many times I'll work on projects that like, I work on a lot of live action dubs and like, they may not be the cool thing to talk about. So I don't, I don't, you know, promote them as much as, as the other stuff that I know people are going to want to watch, but I adore working on these things and the effort and the amount of like love that I get to put into those performances is just as much as anything else. So I just, I just love getting to do this. And what do you love and hate about what you do? I mean, what I love about it is how truly liberating it is. I think it's, it's one of the more as a car (laughs) zooms by, sorry. Uh, It's one of the most freeing, jobs I've ever had because it is this mix of like intellect as far as you know you're dealing with a script and you actually are trying to tell a story but you're also getting to be five six years old again you know it's it's forever going back to the playground and and just getting really weird with it you know and and just being vulnerable and trusting that like if you believe you can fly you can fly because you know when you're when you're recording these things like if I don't make it, if I'm not convinced of what I'm saying, regardless of how outrageous the scenario might be, how are you going to be convinced when you're playing that game or watching that show, you know, that that experience is, is as powerful as it could be. Um, I'm trying to think, I, re- I to say hate is hard. Cause I really, I think, I think what I dislike about the job is I wish there was more, um, I wish there was more communication and collaboration like along. I wish the pipeline wasn't as, as structured to have to just crunch so quickly because I think there's so many great things that are dug out of like when you're given that extra time to just sit on, you know, the, let the script have a little bit more time to, to be written out instead of forcing that writer to rush through that thing, to get it to the person so that when you get in the session, you don't have to, kind of rework some things you know it's it's a lot of like there are so many pieces where everyone is working so hard to get this thing done but sometimes people at different places don't get to collaborate and communicate in the ways that you wish you would and you just kind of have to hand things off and like it becomes this this puzzle that everyone is amazingly putting together but I wish sometimes it was almost more like an experience of doing a play or doing a film where you can really get everyone together in a moment, whether it's a few months or whatever, and they're all experiencing the shared thing and you're really crafting the thing together. And sometimes that can happen. Um, but especially with dubbing, it's really, it's really way more like it's all just going, going, going. And everyone is like constantly on their own deadline, whether it's a writer, director, mixing, all that stuff. Um, so I wish the pipeline were, were a little bit more eased up if it were possible so that we could have a little bit more of the breath to create together. Cause I think that there's just, there's so much more magic when you have that extra moment to just really think about a, 
a choice, a delivery, a whatever it is, you know, that, that stuff to me is what makes or breaks sometimes. But I think that's the downside of simul dubs is because before, you know, back in, you know, the two thousands and early 2010s, we just had DVD dubs where we mm. wouldn't hear the English dub until it was released until the dvd came out but now the dvds aren't a thing anymore and people want the content out faster the production has to go faster and that can be both a good and bad thing yeah and it's you know and it's it's yeah it's wonderful for the obvious reasons and it can just be really tough on everyone on the production and to to just because it's you want to you want everyone wants to make the best possible version of a thing that they're working on like nobody doing anything creative like whether it's voiceover or filmmaking music and like if you're making something you're you're not going like man i hope this sucks you know like you're going like i want to make this the best that i can so that people can enjoy this and i can be proud of it you know and it's it's just not always easy because there's just so many moving pieces so a lot of the time it's it's really just do everything you can to make it as as great as you can and know that everyone is putting in all they can under you know specific deadlines or just circumstances that are also just kind of out of their control i mean uh when i was doing my research for this episode i mm-hmm. i was shocked that um when you got the role of uh roadie on um on my hero yeah. How short that 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 turnaround time actually was. That was wild. Yeah, that was really wild. And you know, I think it's funny because like some things like um you know, like when we worked on Moriarty, Moriarty's a really funny contrast where I don't remember when the when the sub first came out, but we, you know, we didn't work on it right away. And then when we did we had recorded like, like, you know how we released that in, in the two batches, we had recorded the first batch and, and sent that in. And like, then we waited for months before it came out. And we were like, we had no idea when it was going to come out. And yeah, with my hero, um, I mean, I was recording like, and then a few months later, it was in the theater. It was wild. Yeah. That's, that's what's so crazy to me because you're not dubbing a series. That was a movie. And I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> how How is it, that even possible? That whole experience was incredible. I mean, that is, that is one of still one of my favorite experiences I've, I've ever had. And it's, it's kind of just like all of it combined. I mean, talk about one of the best scripts ever. Like Jeremy, who, who adapted it is such a phenomenal writer and so in tune with with writing for those characters but also just aware of how to write for people based on their own personality and it was so wild to me because i i had known jeremy like through social media we had been buddies but we didn't know each other in person and when he found out i was roadie he he wrote me like a dm and he was like hey um I'm just letting you know that I've I've like kind of went back and and punched up the scripts like Rody's lines I've I've like kind of catered them a little bit more to like how you speak like because I know how you carry yourself on Twitter and like that your cadence and stuff and I was like that's so cool like that is so cool that you are can see something in my personality trait and know how to sneak it in there before I even get into the booth and the writing in that movie is so beautiful. It's so, it's so just like, 
it's like biting into a really good sandwich. You know, you like, I just, you barely had to think in those sessions and Colleen is just the most amazing director. And she also just knows those characters so deeply and has this like sixth sense of casting where it's almost like she casts you because you just already are that character to some degree. There's like something about you that she can just sense and and then I mean I I feel that way when I was watching the show you know just as a fan I would watch it and be like these voices are all perfect like everyone's perfect down to like the most random background guy everyone is perfect and when we started recording Rhodey I didn't I only knew like the most surface level stuff about Rhodey that that anybody did because all that was out was like the very limited, like, uh, you know, wiki page at that point, it was like so nondescript. So I had no idea how deeply personal the experience was going to end up being. And it was, it was so, so wild. And I remember being like, Colleen, like, how did you, like, you don't know me. How did you know me? You know, it was, it was wild. Yeah, no, I was surprised at how, because again, he he was a character that was movie only. He he, he wasn't mm-hmm. a character who, who he wasn't a pre-existing character from the manga. So there was no. I don't think that there was that pressure of going in there, uh, you know, being faithful to something that already existed. But there was also, but there was the different type of pressure where you're like, oh God, I'm playing a character that has never existed until now. Yeah, yeah. How are people gonna react? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was my, that was definitely more my nervous thing was like, it was it was twofold. It was that, cause I was like, oh God, this guy's just gonna show up. And part of me was just worried that people were going to just kind of reject him or just reject the idea before they even like met him. And the other thing was just being such a big fan of the show and knowing how how deeply connected the fan base is to the show and how how much people really resonate with these characters and how much I've resonated with these characters and these performances I wanted to I wanted to be able to to you know be like bring that you know I I felt like it was there was a responsibility to to make Rhodey feel like he's already existed there to make him feel like he's he's someone people could you know find as a comfort character or whatever, you know, that thing is where it's like, I fell so in love with him that I was like, I, I, I'm now protective of him. And I, and I, I want him to be an important part of this story, regardless of, you know, whether people want to consider it show canon or not. Like to me, it's just so, it's so special. And the story is so special and, and realizing like, you know, I don't want to spoil too much for those who haven't seen the movie, but realizing what so much of the plot was going to be about, um, yeah, I was equally excited, but I was also nervous and just kind of like, I didn't quite know how it was going to play out. I knew I loved it. I knew I thought it was special, but you know, you never know, <laughs> you never know with, with, uh, with fan reaction. So it, it blew my mind. And for those that haven't seen it, um, get ready because, uh, Rody goes through a lot of shit in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a whole, it's a whole arc and experience. And that's, that's the other thing that was so amazing is I was like, if this is all that Rody ever gets, it's so much that it's so amazing. Like, I feel like I got to experience a whole story. No. And, um, it's funny you mentioned making him feel like he was part of the universe because, when I watched it, I never got the impression that he was just a character that was created for the movie. Oh, like that's he amazing. Was, he was like someone who already existed from for, in the universe, but we just never got to see him until now. 
And I think that I love goes, that. And I think that goes to, you know, the directing and the writing and the, you know, the performance in general, because it's like, yeah, I totally buy the fact that this, that this guy has existed, but we just never got to see his story until now. Oh, that's so special to me. That really, that means so much. And and I agree. I think it is like, I mean, the writing and, and Colleen's directing and just understanding like how to make this fit, like how to make this puzzle piece fit it's it was such a special special experience and i'm so grateful that that you know fans have accepted Rhodey and and have really kind of adopted him in a way that like i wasn't actually even prepared for i i feel like the love for him just as a, like you know take me out of it just the love for him as a character and people people resonating with him how i resonated with him you know regardless of connecting with me just people people getting him that that meant so much to me because he felt more grounded compared to to the rest of the characters that you that you would find in this universe <laughs> like where, where it felt like oh i can see myself as this person as opposed to guy who can who, who right can, right right you know, right do, do whatever <laughs> i can't i'm trying to yeah, think of lobster an example, man but like, or something yeah, yeah, yeah totally it's like it's like because because my problem with my hero is like there are so many different characters that every time someone shows up I'm like oh who are you again I I, <laughs> I have to check the wiki again because I'm like who's this who's this guy again? what's what's amazing though what I'll say like on the other side of that that I love is that like you'll go to a convention and you'll see somebody dressed up as that one character you're like who is that again and they're like they're my favorite and they have like one line in the show you're like that's the magic of this show. No, I remember when I had um, Bell on, and we oh talked yeah, about, and we talked about ending. Yeah, I love how he broke down his character, where he said like he was just a he played him off as a as a raving lunatic who happened to be a fanboy of Endeavor, and I just <laughs> love that take. I love that take uh, because I rewatched so that. Good. I rewatched that episode recently again, and I'm like, yeah, Bell, <laughs> what it's- went that direction? And I really love that. It's such a great performance too. I love, I love that performance. He's so off the chain. It's amazing. Yeah, but but how was it like? What was your character breakdown for for um for Rhodey? Uh, as far as as far as like what was told to me, you mean, yeah, or, what, or like, like what was told to you, and what what did you know? How did you break it down when you got there? Well, it was it was actually really fun because. Uh, Colleen, Colleen and I like kind of had this crash course friendship, like through the first session. And like, what's crazy is I've still yet to meet her in person. So uh, we we've like become good buddies just over zoom, (laughs) basically, and like, you know, source connect and stuff like that. And um, she, we kind of clicked right away. and, And we got really nerdy about acting in general. And I think that she kind of got the sense that the less she told me, the more fun we were going to have where it was like, she told me, like she gave me trickles of like, you know, the obvious little details, but she really let me kind of just experience the scenes and play them. And we got to do the whole thing just in, you know, in real time. So like she would, she would kind of like playfully tease things to me or be like, Oh, like you're going to, you're, you'll, you'll, you know, be surprised what happens here. Like she, she'd mess with me, but she wouldn't give me like 
super deep details unless she felt like I really needed them. Like she didn't even explain Pino to me right away. Like, like she did a little bit, but then she basically was like, I'm going to keep certain things like, you know, until later and we'll, and we'll get into it. And it definitely like for the better informed the way that I got to play it. Um, and I think, again, it goes back to her just having a sixth sense with casting because there were just immediately moments with Rhodey where I was like, uh, this is oddly close to elements of my life. So it was less about feeling like I had to construct a character and way more like someone had given me like license to kind of be a version of myself. I really like that. I, I like the way that you just described that. That is that is amazing. <laughs> it's it, it was a real that's why I keep I keep saying like it was such a gift because he so much of Rhodey, like, you know, it's it's a you know, it's a version. There are there's are so many elements of it in there that are me that I was like, I think this is just me. Like I think I just have to do me in a way. And um it made it all the more personal. I mean, it really it I, I connect so deeply to him and I and it's so funny, this is super nerdy, but like she had recorded with Justin most of the time Justin and her had recorded Deku's lines like the day before I had my roadie sessions. So for the first few, like I got to go in and just hear Deku in my ears and just get to work off of him. Like, and it was so at first I had like goosebumps because I had heard Justin's voice for so long as this character and then to put the headphones on and have him talk to me, I like, I really got the chills the first time. It was like, this is so special. That, that's pretty cool. Cause you usually don't get to play off um, the other person when you're dubbing something. Yeah. It's very, cause usually it's, it's very piecemeal where it's like somewhere along the line, someone gets to record something first, but it's, it's rare when like you get to do whole scenes, you know, that someone's gotten to record through. And, and like, there were a couple where I got to record roadie first. And it was funny. Cause I remember Colleen, was saying how like Justin was like super jealous because he wanted to like get to play off me. So we made sure we like switch back and forth and they were all so generous. And Justin was so generous with just being welcoming and, and um, you know, supporting me along with that process too. I really felt so, I was worried about being like the outsider, you know, And, and everybody in the cast and just part of that community so warmly welcomed me and made me feel like I belonged that it really, that meant so much and makes me even more proud of, of Rhodey and, and being connected to it. Because I really think Rhodey is, like you said before, he's a character that so many people feel like they see themselves in or feel like they can, like that's a, that's a feasible person in this universe to them. And I wanted that to be, that was my goal was like, I want people to leave this and go like, yeah, like that's my, that's my, safety net that's my like comfort pillow you know (laughs) yeah i think that's that's the reaction of every actor where they're like oh man you you guys really love this performance and i'm kind of glad that i'm that i um left an impact on you because i think the worst thing like love and hate are or whatever but i think the worst thing is like a complete indifference oh totally totally especially yeah because like you know, you can do villainous characters or certain things and like get a rise out of people or even just, you know, even if you're doing a character that just people just don't like your choice, at least you're like, cool. Like I made a choice. It wasn't something you dig. Like 
but there's a there's a distinction there whereas like you know i poured my heart out to this thing and then someone's like eh. you know that that's the worst <laughs> oh that must be a pain when you when you work when you work hard on something and then you and then you promote it on social media and everyone's like eh. <laughs> well you know it's really funny because before like way before this career was a thing for me like I lost that that like feeling years ago just from being in a band because you have to have such a thick skin. And like that was that was way more of a like, you know, with anything I'm doing now, like I'm not writing these stories. I'm not creating these characters. I'm not I don't own any of this stuff. I get to participate and I get to share and I get to um, and I get to craft, you know, my take on a thing. But like at the end of the day, I'm just as connected to it like like a fan equally. Whereas like when I was in a band and I was writing those songs and those were my lyrics and my melody and like my chord progressions. And I was trying to tell a story and, you know, mine my soul and my heart and, you know, put it out there. And like you play songs for people and they have like no reaction or people just like wouldn't connect to it in the way like that was way more crushing. And I think that like going through all that, getting to this point where I just get to do this, like, I'm just, I'm constantly just having a blast. And like, if people don't like something, I'm like, that's cool. Like I still had fun doing it. <laughs> I mean, you still got paid and that's all that matters really. Yeah. And, and, you know, art is subjective. It's, you know, as much as I want everyone and anyone who may come across something I've done to enjoy it, like I, I, my real job is to try and just do the best job to service the thing. And like, you know, I've seen plenty of movies that I walk out of. I'm like, oh man, you know, like, it's like, we all have our, we're all allowed to have our taste. And, you know, I am not um, like, I'm not one of those people who thinks that like, well, everyone has to like what I do. Like there's plenty of people who don't like what I do and that's totally okay. You know, that's just how it works. I'm, I'm just grateful that there are enough that continue to employ me and, and I get to do this and explore and, and grow and, tell crazy stories so uh i think we wasted enough enough time already let's just get right to it um fire emblem <laughs> how did how did how did that come about <laughs> uh fire emblem actually really fun story um i i had always wanted to be a part of fire emblem ever since the the uh three houses game came out because i will say like i hadn't played a fire emblem game before that but when I literally had just started getting into voiceover as a career, it was what 2019 and that game came out and it was so incredible and the performances were great. And it was just everything about it. I was like, wow, this is, if I could be a part of something like this with actors like this and like, you know, something that cares this much about its story and, and, and everything that would be such a dream cut to, you know, years later, I'm fortunate enough to be working and doing all this stuff. And um, randomly one night I get an email. It was like a Thursday evening or something at like eight or nine o'clock at night. And I get an email from Patrick Seitz, who I have never spoken to, uh, didn't know he had my email. The only thing we'd done together is the fact that we'd been in the My Hero movie together, you know, so like I didn't even know he knew I existed. Um and I get this email from him and it's just, it's, it's like, Hey Ryan, you know, like, as if we like had, had talked before, <laughs> it was so funny. He was like, Hey Ryan, like, you know, hope you're doing well, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
I have this audition side. Um, if you're interested, could you get this back to me like by tomorrow or something? And I just happened to be on my computer. So I wrote him back. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Whatever this is, like I could get this back to you like in 20 minutes. Like, let me just jump into my booth. And um, so I, I go into the booth and it was very nondescript. Like it didn't say Fire Emblem. You know, it was like some nondescript character, some fake name, some fake dialogue, like, and I didn't know what it could have been. I was like, it could be all kinds of things because all kinds of games and projects use similarly vague information. Um, so I just kind of did a thing. I, I gave, I did two different reads on this character and I send it back to him. And then he like emails me back like five minutes later and he's like, awesome, send me one even crazier. And I was like, okay. So I, I go back at the booth and I do an even more heightened, crazy version. I send that to him. And then like, I didn't hear anything for like a week or two. And then, yeah, then I, I just found out that I booked Fire Emblem and I didn't know the character. I just knew like, oh, I'm doing a Fire Emblem game. I didn't know any of the details. And um went into the session and that's when they like showed me the art for Shahid and like explained the whole thing. And I, and like, they could see my face, like basically like going like, Holy crap, this is so wild. And I was like, yeah, like this is it's like, did you play the, I'm like, yeah, I played the other game. <laughs> like I'm well aware like of, of how cool this is. Um, and yeah. And then we just got to play and it was so much fun. And they were, I mean, Patrick's an amazing director and the, the folks at Nintendo were, were so um, easy to work with and just generous. And yeah, it was, it was such a trip. And then I sat on it for a while and was like, I can't believe this is real. And uh, yeah, now I'm, I'm playing through it right now and it's amazing. It's um, I mean, I have my feelings about it because it's, it's a mix of like warriors and three. Houses, of course. So I'd never played a warriors game. So yeah. I'm having fun smacking dudes around, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, it, it takes a lot getting used to, because if you, if you had just played three houses and you're just getting into this and one, jumping, yeah, like, that's yeah, a, oh. yeah, yeah. That's a very different flavor, but I love how much they've incorporated like the things that you love about three houses outside of the obvious battle mechanics. Like, it really does feel like they like they made this game with the fans in mind and like understanding what people loved about it. Yeah, no, because um, I, I mean, I think they brought back most of the English cast for the. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is insane to me, because usually when they do sequels, you get you get a, like maybe one or two recastings. But no, everybody's back. And I'm like. Well, thankfully, I mean, I think there's, there's, you know, a lot of love and loyalty, you know, with the studio with with Cup of Tea, who are absolutely amazing, who recorded this and, and, you know, they're, they're very familial, like, they really treat everyone like you're part of the family. And and I I think, you know, they had that even been a thing, I'm sure they would have fought for it. But I, I don't think that was ever even like in question of like replacing people. Well, I mean, it would be weird, but, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still kind of, I mean, it's kind of sad, but, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, that's just life, but, um, you know, listening to Billy stuff, uh, yeah. just, man, I yeah, he, he was an incredible, incredible, incredible performer. And, you know, it's, it's wild. Cause like he and I, 
really like we were kind of more acquaintances like I didn't know him that well so I I feel kind of like you know like I don't want to speak out of turn with anything I I was equally just really rocked you know by by his passing and I think it's a colossal loss for our community and and for you know fans and everyone he was he was an amazing actor and a really generous dude and um I'm grateful that at least we have these these things that can kind of last forever I mean, it's it's kind of bittersweet because you know you're hearing him again as a as a as one of his greatest roles, but it's the last time you will ever hear him in that role. Mm. So, but but I mean, it's fun. You know, it's fun to 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 see everyone again. It's like it's like a trip down memory lane for me. It's like, oh, there's yeah. this person, there's that person. Oh, it's like going back to one. high school. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh. And and I want to say, like, you know, as a, as a Middle Eastern person, it is it means the world to me that they actually cast someone appropriate for someone who is supposed to be Middle Eastern. In, in, it in it the meant role. a lot to me, too. Yeah. Well, and they were and they were really like, you know, we talked about it, too, where, you know, I also was like grateful that I actually auditioned for it and that they weren't like, well, we just cast you because, you know, like it was it was a thing where they were like they wanted to do it right. But they're also like, but it still has to work, you know, so um, I was really grateful that they were sensitive to that and wanted to to find some accuracy and proper representation. And they care, you know, they really do. And I think it's that in general, like navigating this industry, especially as, you know, an Arab American, it's like, I know that it's complicated kind of all around, whether it's on the production side and this and that, whatever. So I am happy to help just try and move this all forward and make it less complicated and less of a muddled conversation. And I think, you know, we're going to see more and more like really wonderful representation in casting. And, and it's not just like a stunt casting thing. It's tremendous actors who are, filling roles that they should be. No, that I totally agree with you because, and, and I don't care if this sounds like cheesy, but I remember like a year ago when, you know, the, my hero um, the premiere happened and, and they posted a video of you at the premiere. Like I got teary eyed because I usually oh, don't, I don't see people like me at these events. Let's just say that. That, that really, that means a lot. It really does. That was, that was so surreal. And that was really that video really funny that was like so i remember that was like so on the fly like they were like hey uh would you want to say something i was like oh sure uh uh." and i was like panicking because i had just been like let out onto the you know the red carpet and i wasn't expecting it to be this massive premiere the way that it was so my head was exploding and i was like i just hope i'm not saying total gibberish right now (laughs) (laughs) uh watch the movie now please (laughs) (laughs) uh did you did you you get a chance to meet anyone at the premiere oh yeah yeah i I got a chance to to hang with a couple of people um honestly funny enough my favorite person like i got to meet uh david matranga we finally got to hang out there who i i adore i think he's amazing um my my favorite person that i got to meet though that that like you know traveled in from from texas from funimation was Justin Cook, who we, I, I mean, dare I say, I think, I think we had a bromance. Um, he's just an extraordinary, extraordinary man. And just like, kind of like 
kind of like your favorite uncle, but also the most punk rock guy rolled together and just pure joy and sweetness. And we, we hung out, like we first met like right before the movie and he was like, dude, Colleen told me I would like you. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a huge compliment. And, and he was like, you play music. I was like, you play music. And we we just started talking about life and all this stuff. And I'm pretty sure we hung out till like two or three in the morning that night, like just talking, just talking about life and and music. And yeah, I adore Justin Cook. Um, I got to meet a bunch of people. It was It was a total blur though. Like that night was crazy. And the coolest part was getting to celebrate it with friends, you know, peers out here, friends who came from Texas. Um, Emmy, Emmy Lowe, who played my, my little sister in it is basically like a sister to me in real life. And that was the first time we got to meet in person. Um, There were, there were so many like surreal kind of moments. I got to, I got to bring my sister to the premiere and my best friend who was, the bass player of my band since we were 14 like that that got me very emotional because um it was like the two of them were like the most important people to me like what they thought and getting to take them to this massive movie premiere and they were like holy shit you did it you know it was it was kind of like it was this real like wow moment to get to share with them so that's yeah that's forever Oh, please don't tell me you had to explain to them the, the series. and <laughs> No, that, well, that was the coolest part is like, I mean, you've seen the movie, like the coolest part is you, you can know the show or not. And I think the movie works either way. I think the movie just works. And like, yeah, like my sister was so moved by it. My buddy who had never seen an episode of My Hero was like, I need to start watching the show. Like it was, it was magical, man. So does your character show up in the series? No, but, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know what? It's like, just enjoy the movie. <laughs> what do you mean he's not the main character? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was like, you see the green haired kid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, um, I, I just love hearing that. I just love seeing people who, you know, just enjoying the the little things. Like, because... Because uh, it's fun to work on these projects, but I mean, to me, the biggest the biggest satisfaction is just seeing people you care about be like, yeah, I I totally understand like why you why you do what you do. Yeah, I mean, especially funny enough, because like my sister, she's always been just amazing. She's she's incredible. I mean, she's amazing. She's a performer in her own right. She she's kind of a renaissance woman. Um. It was it was really intense. My my bandmate, who's my best friend, and uh, for him to come to that was really really impactful for both of us because of the struggles that we had gone through just being in a band together from fourteen to our early thirties, and trying to make a thing work and trying to make a career work in the arts and doing what we love. And both he was also a big movie lover, so like it was this thing of like, oh my god, like we're we're really this is this is really happening and like you really did it and um yeah it was so special to share that and he's kicking butt now too he's actually um he works location managing for like huge movies he worked on freaking doctor strange and he he works on all kinds of like awesome awesome gigantic projects so we're we're getting to root for each other now 
in ways that we didn't get to when we were in the band. And it's, it's so special. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. you know, you both, I, I love that because you both started out wanting to do like a project, but then that didn't work out. And, you know, you both went your separate ways, but you both found success in different ways. I, I really like that. It's that's great. A, that's a beautiful story. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. And now, and now we can just support each other and like, and and it doesn't feel like we have to like, you know, stress each other out when we did, when we were collaborating all the time, you know, because we just felt the need to like have to get somewhere with the thing. And and now we just get to enjoy each other kicking butt. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's great because you're not being like, Oh, I can't believe you do voiceover. That's not real acting or, Oh, I can't believe you're not doing this. Oh that, no, it's know? quite yeah. the opposite. It's, yeah. it's full on. Like it's a, I mean, you know, he's, he's a big, big, um, he loves like the WB animated stuff. So, you know, we watch, we've watched like all of those, you know, together through the years. And like, he's like, that's what he's waiting for me to get into. He's like, get into one of those suckers, man. He's like, I know you can. So it's, you know, it's, it's cool. Instead, it's quite the opposite. He's like super rooting for me. And like, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's so fun. I love seeing people be supportive because I feel like now, especially more than ever, we kind of need that support. We kind of need, yeah. we kind of need people to support each other instead of constantly put each other down, which I, I agree. I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like seeing people put each other down. I'm like, I'm tired of that. I want to put people up. I want to put people over. I want to. Yeah. There's, like, there's, hey, there's you know, so much person's great and you should, you should support them and whatnot. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm glad that you're you're also in that headspace, man. It's it's you you are your energy is so so warm and kind. It's it's wonderful. And plus, like you know, I gotta support you know support us as a community because it's like you know we don't <laughs> I don't see a lot of Middle Eastern names <laughs> on these projects. So, we're we're know. trying, man. We're trying. There's more of us out there. There's more of us out there. Do you know Nazi Tarsha? Yeah, I had him on a year ago. Yeah, Nazi <laughs> Nazi. I mean, talk about. I love that. I love that kid. He is, he's like a brother to me. And I think he's another one who like, he's going to be, he already is, but I think he's an absolute rock star. And, and, you know, there's a few of us that I'm really proud of. Like, it's so weird because as a kid growing up in the States, especially through all the different waves of weirdness that we've had, like, there were times where I was really uncomfortable being a Middle Eastern kid, you know, being an Arab American kid and like, didn't quite know what to do with that. And I'm so grateful to have other people that I can look at as like family, like we're doing this together when we're kind of like rising up together. And there's this sense of pride of, of being like, yeah, like we're, we're few, but we're, we're, we're passionate <laughs> and we're here together. And it, and it, it really kind of, it's given me more joy in, in connecting to my, my heritage than, than ever before in a really cool way. Now, and, and that's why I kind of wanted to have you on because I'm like, you know, this, this show is great and all, but you know, if you're not supporting your own, then, you know, <laughs> What are you doing <laughs> it for? You know, like that's, I, I feel like that's really disingenuous if you're not supporting your own successes and, and being like, yeah, we should, you know, we should have a seat at the table because I think we earned it. I think, you know, yeah. after, after all the shit that, after all the weird shit that's been going on at the, during the past couple of years, it's like, yeah, it's finally time to, 
to have just just people playing these characters these these just characters that you know wouldn't have gotten cast you know uh you know we wouldn't have gotten cast as these characters like years ago yeah Yeah. and and even just actors getting to play characters that they wouldn't normally because they would only be thought of for the very few and far between you know things where it's like oh well this character is like that and you fit that bill whereas you know like getting to play a role like roadie you know is so special to me because there was a time when like that wouldn't be as much of an option for someone who's an Arab American or, you know, of some other ethnicity, you know? So like, even that is, is really special. I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent right now that is ready to show the world how much we can do. And I, and I like that. I, I like seeing change for the better and it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like stunt casting. It doesn't feel like, no, because everyone's know. good. That's the best part is you're like, you're like, oh, my God, where have these people been? Like, I'm hearing performances from folks and I'm like, I love this person. I need them in more stuff. Yeah, that's that's what's so great about it. And and that's just good. That just goes also goes to show you like how the quality of dubs has gotten so much better over the years where it's like I kind of want to watch the dub now just to see what who they got in the roles, because I'm like, that's so just, cool. There's just like so many cool, cool people coming on the scene and like especially when whenever I hear like one of my friends booked something and I'm like, I'm watching the dub. Cause I want to hear, you know, your take on yeah. the character. Cause, cause man, I, I, cause I will always support my friends. I will always be like, Hey, you know, it, it, you know, cause I, cause I see the talent. I'm like, I want to support you as, as much as I can. And I remember when, and I've told the story before, so apologies if you're, you know, no, no, listener. no apologies for anyone who uh, heard the story before, but, um, I remember when, um, what was it? Uh, Vampire in the Garden dropped on Netflix. Oh yeah. And you know, my, my, one of my best friends, Larissa Gallagher had gotten the lead role as Fine. And, yes. um, and when I, I love watched Larissa. that, and when I watched that, I was crying because like, I had known L- Larissa since 2019 and she was like one of the first people. No way. I ever befriended when I was doing the show. And I remember, you know, when, when 2020 happened, like she just reached out to me and we, you know, we just became friends after that. And we just, she's, she's amazing. We've actually funny enough. We, we became friends because we got to work on uh, this, this like amazing kind of like role play game campaign thing, like a live, like, like one shot kind of thing. And, um, but it ends up being a thing that like ran for a few months and we became super, super close. And she's someone that I just, I love rooting for. When she got in that, it was so, and her and, and my buddy Paul Castro's in that, that, that cast is, is amazing, full of really, really phenomenal people who deserve to be in more and more stuff. Yeah, especially. Larissa's like- so funny. Larissa's so funny. Like her talents are, are massive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love her, Larissa. I mean, she, you know, she was there for me when I was at my lowest and I, and I'm like, yeah, after that, I'm like, I will support you no matter what. I don't care. Like I will, I, I watched, like, I remember watching like the entire like trolls thing that she Amazing. was on. Amazing. Amazing. I watched, I watched all of that and she was like only in one episode, but I'm like, I want to support you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> like, 
because like twenty, because like twenty twenty was rough, and I'm like, you know what? I want to support my friends' accomplishments. Like even if it's just like one role in like one series, I have no interest in watching. Like I'll watch it just to hear them. Because I'm like, you're amazing. You're amazing. I want to support people, man. Like I, I, I'm like, man. And especially like Ben Pronsky is another one of my friends, and he, yeah, he's in Fire Emblem. And I remember when we were in lockdown, you know, his, you know, I was watching Spider Man with with my nephew, and my nephew was like really loving it. And I remember like watching that, you know, hearing his Venom. I'm like, man, that dude sounds like he's having a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a good take on Venom. Yes. And he's such a cool dude. Such a such a wonderful, wonderful. So human sweet. Being. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, man. It's. The, I mean, we're we're really lucky that. I mean, almost one hundred percent of the time, like these really talented people are really kind. It's, yeah, I it's mean, pretty cause, amazing because they weren't jerks. Because, like, look, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. Like, sometimes when I reach out, like, I don't, I don't know what to expect. Sometimes I'll, mm-hmm. I because. Mean, because I've said this before, like, if you enjoy what I do, please understand that 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 this episode is like a one yes and like an ocean of no's. Because I, <laughs> I get a lot more no's than I do yeses. And 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 sometimes I, I've, I've done episodes where I felt like, okay, this was not very good. And I don't want to upload this because I know I can do better. And... And and yeah, I, I feel like... Well, I think you're wonderful. I think you're great at this. And I think you you carry a wonderful energy through the whole thing so it's it's been so nice chatting with you yeah uh <laughs> i just realized i i don't want to keep you on longer than i have to, oh so no just, no uh, no uh, it's, yeah. this has been this I mean, has been so great yeah because i'm just i'm just like man well I mean, listen we can we can do a round two i'm more than happy to do another one sometime too. yeah can, yeah yeah you can catch up yeah a <laughs> couple of months down the line there, there'll be more to talk about you know uh but 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 uh before we get going i wanted to talk about um what was the game that just got announced with you in it um oh uh gunvolt yeah gunvolt uh, can you tell me yeah. a little bit about that before you get going yeah absolutely uh gunvolt is gonna be super fun it's it's um if you haven't played the other gosh i think there's three or four there's there's like two gunvolt main games and then there's two other like like um kind of like side games that are in the same universe but this is the third gunvolt like main franchise game and it's actually the first time that they're doing uh an english dub for the main franchise so we really got to like go in there and get real crazy with it and they they had reached out to me randomly like they had found me i think through twitter um and they they had, they basically i think they had already kind of um looked through a bunch of my work and kind of got a sense of of who i was and they they actually offered me the part um so i was like super super honored and didn't quite know what i was getting into i just knew that like they were like we trust that you could do this and jumped into the session and just instantly had a laugh fest because the character is so big and brash and loud and and really fun just fun to like chew with and uh the writing in the game is so great and it's very like if you like Mega Man kind of style games it's really fun to play uh, it's challenging but it's rewarding really awesome music um 
and this game is going to be like really really full of story and tons of dialogue like all the characters have really distinct personalities and um yeah it, it was really really cool i i got to become good buddies with uh some of the folks that were on the production side uh one dude whose name is uh, matt papa who now works he did work with indie creates who is putting out the game and now he works for uh, limited run games and who will actually be releasing the game and um he's just one of the coolest hippest cats and he was the voice director on the project and was just so so generous and um diana garnett who's amazing was also in the session she was amazing uh it was just a really like they really let me just kind of let it rip and play and the character is so much fun i really i think people are going to really like him when they when they meet him he's just he's he's very very entertaining and make sure that you're just on the ride the whole time what what was his nickname like lord of dance or something I don't oh know. man he he does have some some crazy some crazy nickname i mean he's he he's a talker this one uh but his nickname is bb for black badge that's pretty cool uh and before we wrap this up uh where can people find you online and can you give us an update on, on any other current projects you're working on Oh, uh, yeah, let's see. Well, online, uh, you could find me on Twitter at Ryan Colt Levy, just my full name. Uh, Instagram is just Ryan Colt. I don't know why someone took the the L on there. I think something like I can't get the full name. So just Ryan Colt. Um, you can kind of find clips and stuff and whatever. I mean, if you just type in my name, you'll get my website, all that shebang, all that silliness. Uh, but I spend probably more of my time on Twitter hanging with folks. And um, as far as other new stuff, I'm trying to think if there's anything I can say at the moment. Um, I will have to say stay tuned, I think. There's some there's some stuff. There's some stuff for sure, but I can't say yet. But uh, this train ain't stopping anytime soon. And I wouldn't have it on any other way. Thank you so <laughs> much for taking the time up to do this. This has been wonderful. And Thank you. So, oh my gosh. I'm we got to get you back. We got to get Listen, you back. Listen, I'm now. so, I'm so down to hang some more. You're amazing. This was a blast. And yeah, thank you for reaching out, please. I would love to do this again. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Stay safe.